This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Wednesday live cast on Twitch. And of course, you can always catch us on iTunes and YouTube. Please make sure to like, subscribe, leave us a comment, tell us that we're beautiful yeah. and intelligent. That's what we, tell Jason. That's what we live off of, I think. Uh, shallow compliments that are delivered without any sincerity. Yes. And then any critical comments. Get out of here. Or we leave for the day. We're just like, Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, constructive Damn. criticism, especially if it's truthful mm-hmm. and can actually help us, we don't want to hear it. Nope. <laughs> Only vapid compliments. Yes. Yes. Yep. Hollow. Very hollow. More hollow, the better. Like my soul. Yeah. San Diego, baby. <laughs> San Diego's not that bad. <laughs> That's Orange County. San Diego is a lot more. People hear, people hear a lot more genuine and friendly. Yeah. Uh, it's still, it is still coastal California, but yeah. um, definitely not. Orange County, LA is like, you get that feeling of like, wow, everything here is completely fake. You live um, on Instagram in LA. Yeah, if your you don't, life is Instagram. You're in Instagram at that point. You you are yeah you're yeah. not you just are existing in it. Yeah, you're just in that program. Instagram. Yeah, uh, I lived in Orange County for a while. It's a different place. It is a different place. I remember like yes, I, I remember people like I would meet people, and they would ask me questions like just idiotic, banal like like what kind of car do you drive? And I was like, why this is real? Like people actually do this for real? Like that? That does that matter? Yeah. You know, like I mean status, dude. It was strange. It was like I was like, wow, you guys are like actually the cliche. Like this isn't fake. Yeah. <laughs> like you really are this ridiculous You're sometimes. Like, how flat is your brim, dude? On your hat. Like, uh, pretty flat. Yeah, no, if, if it's any tilt whatsoever, you're out. You're ostracized. The the most ridiculous one is that at the time I was I was in my twenties, uh mid twenties, and my uh roommate was a club promoter. So we were like immersed into that. That I couldn't. He would like beg me to come to the to the nightclub with him. I was like, bro, I don't want to go anymore. I'm so sick of these people. Yeah. I remember a guy came in with a fake grill. Yeah. And he was like, I'll run this shit. I was like, wow, dude. What happened to those? I was like, you're like a stockbroker during the daytime. Like, I think grills are still around. I think fake grills still... were amazing. If you're in the dirty, dirty down south and you have a grill, it's appropriate, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're a, a guy that works at Chase Bank. Mm-hmm. And then where's his weekend grill? That's not. So that's you're not saying okay. it's got to be real, like actually yeah. replace your teeth with metal. You teeth. should be. You should be driving a donk yeah. and be totally all in. Sure. You know, I not agree. not wear a Brooks a Brooks Brothers suit, a seersucker suit Monday through Friday, and have a grill on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, I just. It's called double. I think in, in general they should come back, like <laughs> truck nuts, truck like that. Heck yeah. That's a whole different group of people, though. Yeah. yeah. Why did those go? I don't know. I can't imagine. Actually, They're I did legal. see those. I did see those for the first time when I was in Huntington Beach. A guy was driving with his giant tap out sticker on the back. Nice. Driving uh, down dude. the strip. It was raised, right? Oh, of his course. Truck? Of course. Yeah. Well, you got to see him swing. True. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everyone knows I remember I was sitting there and, and I was just like, right oh, wow. That is Southern California wow. culture. Instagram, yeah. truck nuts, cake <laughs> truck grills, nuts. raised 
Ford F-150. And uh, uh, Mercedes-Benz and or BMW that you can't actually afford. Yeah. So because if you ever wonder how it is sense. living here yeah. in Southern California. You get a $1,000 car, car payment, but you still live with your parents. That's... Hey, I mean, that's that's doing that's it right. Living. That's living. That's doing it right. That's living, baby. Unfortunately, a lot of people in Southern California actually live that way. Oh, yeah. Um, but San Diego's not. It's the least like that in Southern California, in my opinion. Anyway, we do sometimes talk about games. Sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. And there's a lot of exciting stuff going on. Um, namely, the SoCal Open is only two weeks away. Wow. That definitely snuck up on us. But we're really excited for the event, and we can't wait to see you all there. It's going to be the first annual event for the SoCal Open. We're putting up some really big numbers. Of course, a lot of people waited the last minute to buy their tickets. Eh, it happens. Um, and the 40K event is going to be one of the largest 40K events in the country. So nice. really excited for that. Um, I don't think we'll hit uh, 200, but we'll definitely be as big or bigger than the BAO, which is going to be really, really cool, especially for our first-year event. That exceeds expectations. So uh, make sure to grab those tickets, please, if you have not done so. Uh, there's only two weeks to go. And uh, we can't wait to see you all there. Also, please, if you are playing 40K, especially 40K, although uh, Age of Sigmar, we would appreciate it too, please upload your list prior to coming to the event. right? Uh, and what we're referring to is Best Coast Pairings. You can upload your list before you get to the event. Please, please, please do that. Even if it's like the night before because you still haven't finished your list, which I, I, I know that feeling, we've all been there. Um, please upload your list before the event starts because we are not gonna have the whole Best Coast team there helping upload event upload lists and because of the amount of people that we're gonna have. If everybody's trying to upload their list, the day of the event, registration is gonna take forever. So do us a favor, go over to Best Coast Pairings, upload your list, before the event um, you can change it if you need to but uh, it'll really speed up registration and i guess if, if you have any questions about your list i would probably <laughs> have somebody review it there's this thing called the itc list checking group mm -hmm. it's specifically for that if you have a question about the legality of your list uh please con uh, consult with your peers don't don't uh don't wing it and show up with a list that might be uh, legal or not, because it's yeah. a little late to change it once the event starts. So yeah. please, please do that. It's so yeah. everything's so new and fluid right now. It's yeah. really a good it's idea cute. to have it double check because I know we sometimes make mistakes too, even with like little point costs here and there. Everything costs points, you know. So yeah. definitely, I would have somebody review your list who is familiar. Like we said, there are official channels to go through, uh, and it just takes a second, you know. Yep, so. and then also it's uh, important note: uh, get some paint on your models because uh, we will be very strict at this event. Um, you need to have paint on every model. Uh, you need to have basing on your models. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we will be pulling. I believe uh, yeah. James will be dressed up like a school marm. He's going to go around. What is a school marm? What is smack a models marm, on the man. table with a ruler? What is that? Is that, is that from Christian or Catholic a school? A school marm. Hey, I, went to, I went to private Catholic school. A school teacher that was like very strict. <laughs> we had a uh, sister Kate. Ooh. Sister Kate would, uh, she had the ruler. Fierce. Yeah. And it's funny, like, people Back are like, oh, the room smacked. was so scary. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. No, I was, I went when uh, you were still able to get <laughs> smacked. Dude, I went to a country, a uh, grade school in the country. Mm -hmm. The principal had a switch. That's old. That would not go down. Well, I mean, it was also the country. Yeah. Like, yeah. like now, like, and then my parents, they were like, my, my dad was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Swip his good. bottom. Yeah, this guy's being a dick. Yeah, that happened to my dad, too. The gym teacher was the disciplinary. Yeah. Wow. Dude, our principal had a hand grenade 
from Nom oh. on his desk, <laughs> Ridiculous. like mounted on a, a plinth, yeah. and like that that tells you the whole story. Yeah, that tells you what kind of guy you were getting. Good, <laughs> stern discipline. And every time I got my butt whooped, I absolutely, <laughs> absolutely had it coming. <laughs> you always flirt with the edge, and then when it actually happens, I, like, oh man, dude. And then All I would right. go home and get spanked again by my dad. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, boy. Like, I was like, "Come on, this is like." He's like, "Well, eventually you'll learn." I was like, "Apparently, nope. I didn't." <laughs> <laughs> Some people just jokes don't on learn. you. <laughs> What's that like? Uh, like Cool Hand Luke? Uh, yeah, he's like, "No, no talking." No, he's like, "Some men you just can't reach." Oh, yeah. Wasn't he also like, "No talking"? And yeah. He's like, "Yep," and he smacked. That's him. a great movie. No listening. You hear me? That's a great, <laughs> great movie. So, uh, like Frankie said, just to reiterate, we want to make, and thank you for bringing that up. I yeah. forgot to put it in the notes. Uh, we are being very strict because the bar has just dropped. Um, we, people are bringing things to tournaments that are shamefully terrible looking. Um, so, every model, now, if you're in the SoCal Open Facebook group, this has been communicated like back, like completely. Constantly, everyone's been asking questions. It's great. Everyone knows what to expect. If you're not in that Facebook group, please join it. It's also on the player pack for yeah. the SoCal Open. It's on the guidelines. It's been there for months. People miss it, though. Um, so make sure to tell your friends if you're coming. Text each other. Hey, just be aware. If you put unfinished models on the table, they're going to get pulled off the table by the judges. So what we the, the, the guidelines are... Everything needs to be three colors to a tabletop standard. That does not mean spray it white and put three different dots of paint on it. Uh, it means you attempted to paint your model to a tabletop standard. What that means is uh, one color, or it's three colors, and the model is painted. Yeah, right? to the best of your ability, of course. We're it doesn't have to be good. Like, yeah. Perfect things yeah. or anything like that. But. It doesn't have to be an amazingly painted no. uh, model. Some people just can't or don't want to, and that's fine. Yeah. But it's not fair to your opponent who's flying here and taking time away from his family and work to come to a, a high-caliber GT-level event and then plays against bare, bare plastic. That's that's really disrespectful to your opponent. Yeah, uh, and we've been seeing that more and more. Yes. Um, so. As people make these new crazy lists and they yeah, get ideas yeah. and they just want to put stuff together. Now, what about custom conversions? Oh no, conversions is cool, and like it's it's WYSIWYG as much as is reasonable. And the way we define that is. What is not reasonable is uh, the example was somebody was like, in, I went to a tournament um, in the ITC TO group, we were, we were uh, brainstorming, and a guy showed up at one of our uh, ITC tournament organizers events with LAS guns that were painted blue, and he's like, oh, those are plasma guns. That's not okay, right? That is not okay. Mm -hmm. Now, um, let's, like, for example, if you, uh, you, want, you want a unit of Stern Guard to have storm bolters, but there's actually not any really storm bolters for mm -hmm. infantry models. So let's say you get some custom bolters that look cool and different. They don't even have to look cool. They just look different from everybody else's bolter. And you go, hey, whenever you see one of these, it's actually a storm bolter. That's okay. Yeah. Th that's fine. Right? But if you're like, oh, my LAS cannon is actually a multi-melter, that's not okay. Right? It usually comes down to the rule of cool, which I know is a little bit ambiguous, but... If you feel like you're you're pushing it, you you probably are. If you feel like it's not okay, it probably isn't. And always just email us a picture. Yeah, and conversions are fine. Proxies are not. So a proxy is like Reese was saying, the plas or the las gun that's painted blue as a plasma gun. That's that's a proxy. Now, if you have something else that looks similar to a plasma gun from a third party or whatever, and that's on your guy, that's a plasma gun. 
that's fine. That's fine. Now, what if, let's just say, for a malefic lord, I wanted to use a Acadian heavy weapon squad, but listen up, I made it out of clay. I like it. Oh my god, is that, that good? This no. sounds artistic and what creative. The, you're you're really blocking my practice. Here. <laughs> like, not let me do this. So yeah, for malefic lords, especially like. Come on. Make sure it looks like some sort of like a, a wizard dude. Just, make, just put some effort into it. Don't just take one of your... Can you use Katie and Garth? I played against a guy that uh, had Beastmen, and he's like, those are Malefic Lords. I was like, at least they were painted. I will give him that. Did they have square bases? No. Oh. That would be that even would be better. I was just like, points. damn, you didn't even try. Yeah, so, like just give him a cool staff or something. It's not that hard don't, to do. Do not use a cultist champion as a Malefic Lord, which I see people do it all the time. That is a cultist champion. That would be a proxy. Use like something that looks like a crazy psyker. Yeah, I mean you could like, use a cultist champion, but do some like custom work. Yeah, no. Like, if you convert him up, if you convert him up, some so wings got, or something. He's right? got like fire shooting out of his eyes or something. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You made an effort. Yeah. But don't just proxy it because that unit is obnoxious enough. Mm -hmm. Let's not make it even less pleasant to play against it, please. Um, this quarter right here is my malefic lord. Here he comes. Oh, the best was when we were at the tournament. The guy literally put a rock. <laughs> that was good. That was a monolith. Nice. That was a monolith. Yeah. I was like, dude, if you had a whole rock themed army, I would, <laughs> that be, would be pretty awesome, dude. Oh, Necron Goss weapons yeah. glued to rocks. He's all uh, Feldspar is a warrior in the quartz. That's definitely an immortal. <laughs> quartz. Where was this? Was this old school? Oh, uh, this is yeah, old. Yeah, this old was school. a guy who was notorious. Oh, I know. Yeah. This is a guy who's notorious for it. He was also the guy who bent the guns on his. Um, uh, ghost art to aim forward. Yeah. Because now I can shoot them forward and like that's not how it works, dude. <laughs> good good try though. Oh he's like it's my model, I can do what I want. And we're like, oh like it doesn't say you can't. Yeah. Like right, you're right. Guy it's also true, got true. banned from every store in our home uh, area. That's true. Um so yeah, if you have if you have any question at all, if something in your army will or will not be okay, take a picture with your phone, send it to me, I'll respond within a business day and let you know. Uh better to be safe than sorry. And for basing, what we say is based is that you can, if at a bare minimum, you can just paint the base black. If all the bases in your army are painted black, and that's like the way you wanted to base them, that's fine. That is acceptable. You took some effort, right? Or just paint the rim brown, put some flock on the top. You can do an entire army in an hour, two tops if you have a horde army, mm -hmm. and you're done. You're flocked. Uh, some people are using clear acrylic bases. Sure, totally fine. totally fine, but I don't want to. We none of us want to see just the color that you primed your model as the base. It just looks like crap. So we're raising the bar. Um, it's going to make the events more fun for everybody. It's going to look look less janky. Now at, at an RTT level event, if you want to go with no paint requirement, it's no problem. Yep. Makes sense because that that's where you go to experiment to try new ideas. Yeah, and that's that's up to the TOs as well. So that's not on us. But all of our events going forward are going to be to this standard, if not higher. So. Yeah, and for the LVO now it's too it's too close for the SoCal Open. So we don't we don't want to uh, throw a bucket of ice water in people's face this close to the event. But for the LVO, we're going to raise the bar again in terms of modeling. It's gotten really bad where people are putting like toys on the table or like lumps of clay. Mm -hmm. um, now I get it with, that was largely because of brimstones, that was largely because you couldn't get them. So I do, I do get it, right? At the time, that was a really janky solution because you couldn't get the models and they are so good, but now they are available uh, and now we are gonna be enforcing that. So uh, be prepared for LVO, 
that the modeling standard is going to be raised a bit. So some of the, the silly toys and stuff that people have been using are not going to fly for that event. Um, now, of course, there's always exceptions to the rule. Like we had a guy who's like, well, my whole orc army is like Mad Max themed and I use toy cars, but they're all converted and beautifully painted. Hey, you're good. Rule of cool kicks in. So if you have any questions, uh, hit us in the, in the uh, Twitch chat when, at the end of the show, and we'll be happy to answer more specific questions on that topic. But yep. please be prepared. Please paint your stuff. Mm-hmm. I was about to make a really silly joke, but I'm not going to. Uh, and on the topic... Now you just imagine what it was. <laughs> I, I was about imagine to, it was really inappropriate. It was actually just silly, and I just decided not to. Uh, so yeah, we'll see you guys at SoCal Open. Can't wait. Please get your tickets. It is going to be a lot a fun, uh, a major size event for 40K, a very big major, and a GT level event for Age of Sigmar. So we got War Machine and Hordes and Infinity as well, and yep. gonna be fun. Yep. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It's in a beautiful part of San Diego too. Yeah. Uh, people, I think people are gonna really get a taste of what San Diego's like. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's a gorgeous area. So the Las Vegas Open is selling really quickly. I don't know why. It's funny how these things happen, but the last two weeks we've been selling tickets really quickly. Uh, it comes and goes, I don't know, it's, it's, it's strange. Uh, what motivates people at any given time, but um, uh, we sold a ton of tickets. The 40K Friendly is sold out, and we will have a waiting list going up today for that if you missed out. Uh, the All the other 40K events have like doubled in size. It's crazy. Yeah. The 40K Friendly at 30 last year, we're at 64 this year with a, going to be a waiting wow. list. Yeah, the, the narrative is at 100, mm-hmm. and we have like a 30-person waiting list. Nice. It's crazy. Attendance is up like significantly over or last year at the same period of time. And the 40K Championships event is down to the last few dozen tickets. So if you do want to play in this, the largest 40K Championships event in the world, please do not wait to get those tickets. If you got to wait to get your con badge, no big deal. Uh, but go in there and grab those 40K tickets because we are going to sell out way in advance. Yeah. Um, what a fun place to go and yeah, play yeah. 40K. I mean, like you're playing 40K during the, the days and you love to do. At night, you're out in Vegas, like nightlife. It's great. It's really great. You know, go a day or two early, yeah. see some of the sights. Like really, it, it really is becoming a big destination for a lot of people. Yeah. Like, people come from all around the world. Their vacation, yeah. Yeah. It's a great event. It's an absolutely blast. It's just such a fun time. You meet other 40K, Age of Sigmar, gaming enthusiasts from all around the world. We're going to have all kinds of seminars this year where you can come yeah. and, and listen to people from Games Workshop speak mm-hmm. and from other companies. Yeah. Um, I think we might even have Blake and Ed from uh, Life yeah. After the Are they going to do a live cast? They're going to give a seminar on oh. how to set up a podcast. Okay. That's there's, there's a lot of people yeah. out there that would be interested in that. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a great time. And I just, I can't believe how many people we have coming to play 40K. Like, not only are we going to have a 512 person 40k championships event again well, on registration that we yeah. had 400 people show up actually but yeah. uh the other events have all gone up like mm-hmm. 40 to 100 percent it's right. insane that includes non-games workshop uh yeah. games as well yeah so like, lot, like infinity of, is gonna... we don't even really talk about it all that much but that's huge there's a huge several huge non-gw events i go on yeah yeah and infinity is going to sell out yeah. That's crazy. It's great. Bolt Action being run by Warlord Games this year. They were so impressed. Last year, they just sent a rep out to watch, to see, yeah. hey, what is going on in Vegas? Yeah. Guy was so impressed. He's like, we want to run your tournament next year, and we'll be there. It's amazing. It's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be an absolute blast. 100 players in the narrative. Wow. And the, a lot of the staff that um, from Blizzard who work on WoW, mm-hmm. are they love coming to the event. And so that's really cool. If you 
if you're a video game nerd, like you probably are, if you're watching this, mm -hmm. um, you could you have a chance to participate in a narrative 40K campaign with some of the people that might make one of your favorite games. Yeah. One yeah. of the games that might have ruined some of your uh, relationships and yeah. <laughs> your job. Or created relationships. That is true, too. <laughs> I stay away from the MM, the MPORGs. I, I don't have time for it, but then I also get I also get fixated on things. Mm -hmm. And it would just, it would be like, I learned my lesson with that request, man. Yeah. Like, I just stay away from them. As fun as they look, I almost started playing WoW once. Frankie, was I, a big I got this card. Yeah, Frankie was like hooked on it. Yeah, I played it. You can't have an intervention. Long time. An intervention. <laughs> I almost did. I got so tempted. I started like researching like character creation, and I got this close, and I was like, nope. It yeah. was an amazing game, but yeah, nope. you made the right call. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah, but at any rate, we hope to see you out there. It's going to be an absolutely badass event. And yeah, man. Oh, and, and uh, Age of Sigmar 2 on track to be one of the biggest Age of Sigmar events in the world. Yeah, that's so Very amazing. Cool. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Uh, also, we've got some new pre-orders coming up for Games Workshop this week. Some reinforcements for the forces of Nurgle. Um, we have all kinds of... Uh, I don't even remember what these guys' names are. Do you remember Frankie? He's Scribius. You got uh, Nauseous. And then uh, Flesh Mower. Floated. Well, no, those are drum. out now. Fetid. Those are actual uh, releases. Oh, did I put up the wrong ones? You did, but it's okay. So there's, I think there's ones three, are three characters. One of them is the Plague Marine Champion, which has the, the real Champion. super oh, saucy the Icon Bear, and the Icon the Bear, and the Plague Marine, and the actual Plague Marine. And the Plague yeah. Marine box. Yeah. But that little Nurgling on the base of the Champion is worth the money just to buy it. He's so <laughs> saucy. Have you seen it? Uh -uh. Oh, it's like strutting its stuff. It's wearing like a little death mask, like a, a, a death guard hat. It's great. Like he, oh. he's strutting. You got to get that photo up there. Man. He's the Mick Jagger of Nurglings. Look at him. He's doing a little dance. Like he's just, it's amazing. I, I don't know who came up with Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go up? No, scroll up, scroll up. No, that's fine. No, on the right. Yeah, there it is. You see it? It's like, oh, ooh. Dude. <laughs> he's wearing his boss's Yeah, helmet. he's wearing the helmet and he's like doing this little pose. Like it's amazing. <laughs> Every uh, comment, incredible. Every comment on GW's uh, page about oh it was, my God, people that's want the that. Best, dude. Can you do a whole army of that? Like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the yeah, pose. Dude, pose. that pose yeah. is amazing. Oh it's really, God. it's the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's slightly better than the naked baby sheriff that's on the librarian. Oh, no, that's better. Yeah. He is saucy. That's what he is right. <laughs> it's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> It's like, what? <laughs> oh my god, that's great. They should have had rules for that thing. Like, that's, it should have been a character. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen anything that good since Supergrot from the Storm Boys set, mm -hmm. where there's a Storm Boy, and then there's one Grot that's piloting his jump pack, and then there's mm -hmm. another one where he has his own little jump pack, and he's oh, right. like going along with <laughs> It's the best. Wow. Might, that might be the best model. Ever, <laughs> oh my god. Pick it up. Bird discount. Threaten this stuff. But, <laughs> He is doing the yeah, Mick Jagger too, yeah, like yeah. that. Like under the helmet, he's making a kissy face. Oh, I can God. just, see. I can just imagine the design studio when they started to put that together, and somebody yeah. was like, it was, was like, like a joke, and then somebody was like, "No, you're making this as a happening. Yeah. <laughs> just good winner, someone. Oh God, that's good. Um, you can pick up any of these and more products in the FLG web cart. Go to store.frontlinegaming.org, and we do sell it at a discount every day. And as always, free shipping on orders ninety-nine dollars and up within the continental United States. Save some dough, get some models. All right, we have a lot going on with the ITC right now. So big news, something we've been working on for actually quite some time. Um, we've been talking about it for months, and we've been really diligently working on it for the past month. But 
Uh, the SoCal Open community said that they would like to use some new missions. We've kind of come to the realization a while ago, actually, that the missions we've been using from 7th Ed into 8th Ed, just they, they work, but they're not ideal. And I think everyone's ready just for a change of pace. Uh, and we feel like these missions are going to help create a more equitable and enjoyable experience in 8th edition. So we've rolled out our draft version of our new ITC Champions missions is what we're calling them. Uh, we're calling them that to really emphasize the fact that they are designed specifically for competitive play, for tournament play. Um, they are a little bit more complex than uh, our older missions, like the, the, the ITC Simplified mission set is obviously, that's just pick it up and go. It's very, very easy. The, um, the uh, Combined Arms mission set, a little bit more complex. It's what we've been playing in the past. Still stays pretty close to the book. The Champions missions are just, they're completely divergent from the book. They're new and they've been uh, designed with a, the help of a lot of people specifically for 8th edition 40K competitive play. Uh, we've had them play tested by quite a few different tournament gamers. We've obviously played them ourselves. And uh, we feel like, we feel that they are really good for providing you with a fun and fair tournament play experience. Uh, please jump in there, give them a test, they are quite a bit different. I've, I actually had one of my uh, my friends who's a, a really good tournament player. His initial reaction to them was like not super positive. But then a lot of people have been really positive and a lot of people that have played them like them a lot. So it is a big, it, it's quite a bit different. So give it a play a couple times and then let us know uh, what works, what doesn't work, what's clear, what's unclear. Um, do you think some of the, the secondary missions are good or bad? Let us know, because we have a week to adjust them for SoCal Open. We're going to lock them down uh, on the 17th of October so that people coming to the event know what to expect. And then after that, we'll get more feedback and we'll, we'll keep fine-tuning them leading up to the Las Vegas Open. But uh, they're, they're quite a big difference. I mean, Frankie, you and I have played them quite a bit. Um, fundamentally, what, what it is is turn-by-turn -turn scoring and you pick your secondary missions based on what you think you have the highest chances of getting points on. Uh, and we put a big emphasis on going second. Uh, we wanted to give someone, because right now 40K 8th edition definitely has a, lean, a leaning towards Alpha Strike um, going first uh, 40K. So we intentionally made the missions benefit the player going second to try to balance that out. Yeah, yeah I think it works really well. Um, a lot of the games that we've been playing are really close in points, which is really cool because it shows that the game is actually close, opposed to our 7th Ed missions where it's like 19-0 like 90% of the time. Yeah, even if the game was close, yeah. because things because the game is so lethal in 8th edition, you could be having a, a really close game and then at the very end someone starts to really roll you over and you get a zero on the scoreboard or maybe one or two tertiary points. But it doesn't really reflect the game at all. It doesn't show how close the game actually was. Yeah. And getting smashed in this edition, like losing a lot of stuff, it just happens. Like things die. And it's one of the cool things about 8th edition. But we wanted missions that reflected the actual playing of the game, not just the end score. So um, I think that these do really help that. Uh, the way they work in concept is you score every player turn there are certain objectives you score every player turn split evenly between uh, board control and destroying your opponent's army and then you score every um, battle round at the end of both players turns so what that does is it gives the player going second the opportunity to react to the player going first player first because does not get to react to the player going second 
So the player going second knows exactly what they need to do to max their score every turn. Yeah. We found that it does help. Oh, yeah. Uh, quite yeah, a bit. Definitely. So far we have, uh, if I remember correctly, I think we have eight secondary missions now. And they are designed to counter a lot of the things you see in the meta. Uh, for example, one of the secondary missions you can choose is Headhunter, where you get a point for destroying an enemy character. Uh, character spam is really prevalent right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's one that we often see chosen. Um, and all the secondary missions are worth up to four points. Uh, a lot of people have noted like, oh, hey, I don't, you know, some of these, you, you, it's not easy to max them out. Yeah, it's done on purpose. You're not supposed to get a max score in our uh, the new uh, mission sets. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. We've never seen anybody get a max score yet no, so it's, far. It's very unlikely, very, very unlikely that you're going to get a max score. Some of the bonus points, they're almost impossible to get on the first turn. So it's like a truly a max score is very, very rare to come yeah. by. So you, what you're trying to do is you're choosing a win path based on what you think gives you the highest probability of getting the highest possible score. It's not max your score, which you're, you're aiming to do, but don't I wouldn't expect... I would not expect to like ever max my score. I don't think it's even possible, to be honest. I, I'm sure it's theoretically possible, but I think it's extremely improbable to actually do it. Yeah. Because <clears throat> um, some of the bonus points are really, really difficult to get. Like, you get the bonus point if you control every objective on the table. Probably not going to happen very frequently. I, mean, I guess it could happen, but yeah, it's, it's very rare. It's super rare. And we, so far, I think we've had one game where somebody actually maxed their secondary score. Yeah, uh, it, it just doesn't happen very often, um, and the missions are fun. They do, now on the on the flip side, uh, they do require a lot of bookkeeping because you're scoring points constantly. So we made a score sheet. Um, thank you for everybody who gave feedback. It took quite a few iterations. I think the one we have now is the, is really good. It makes it easy. You basically just tick off boxes as you get points, and then you add it up at the end. Yeah, it, uh, it, it'll take a little bit to get used to, so definitely uh, I recommend playtesting a couple times and use the score sheet and get used to it. Um, but I think the score sheet definitely makes it a lot easier than yeah. how we were doing it before with just a little piece of paper like, uh, uh, I don't yeah. know if we're doing this right. So. The score sheet helps because it gives you your running total turn by turn. Yeah. So you constantly know where you're at, like who's winning. And you get swings too because uh, a lot of the points that you earn turn by turn are swing points, only one player gets them. So it's like, did you hold an objective, you get a point. Do you hold more objectives than your opponent at the end of the battle round, you get a bonus point, but only one person gets it. Yep. Uh, and vice versa with kills. So you might be behind like four or five points and then in one turn, you jump back ahead. It makes for exciting games. Yeah. Uh, but it also does provide the opportunity for someone to just run away with the game. However, um, like we were de debating, discussing last night, you could have a situation where you're like, oh man, I'm so far behind. I don't know if I can come back. That is possible. But again, these are meant for tournament play. Uh, but you do have the opportunity to come all the way back too. Yep. Um, and you can constantly get points. So even yep. at the end of the game, you have a bunch of points. So, And that's the other part of it. Um, we've built into the missions an incentive for people to finish their games. If you slow play, like, and I know that's a big <clears throat> thing in competitive 40K, although more often than not, it's unintentional slow play. Mm -hmm. at, have been, have you been a TO at dozens and dozens of tournaments, seeing games? I would say nine out of ninety-five out of hundred times, slow play is not intentional. No, it's both players playing slow and they just don't realize it. Yep. Um, how that said, in our missions, you get points every turn. The, the games are capped at six turns. There's no random game length, and that's because there's not really any, any end of game objectives. So it doesn't matter if you just jump on objectives at the end you're getting the same amount of points you would have gotten every other turn. Yeah. And by capping it at six turns, 
there's the same possible number of points in each mission in each round. Yep. Uh, but the only way to get a max score is to go all six rounds. So both players are incentivized to finish the dang game. Yeah, um, and not just give up. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or what happens is like, oh, we only got to turn three or four. Well, okay. You'll, you'll still have a winner and a loser. Mm -hmm. You can tie in our format, though it's extremely unlikely mm -hmm. to occur. It'll be very, very rare that they both end up with the exact same score. Yeah. Um, you won't get as many points. So what that is is that in the final ranking, say you go three and two, when you compare your score to everybody else who went three and two, you add up your total battle points. And if you're only finishing three, four turns, mm -hmm. and the other guys are going five, six turns, they're definitely going to rank higher than you. Right. Yeah. So the incentive is there to finish your games. Um, and then that means that you do have to keep an eye on the clock, which you should be doing anyway. But what we found works really well is you write down when you begin your turn. Um, and then if, you, if both players do that, you'll see who's actually eating more of the clock. Now, of course, there's give and take on that. Sometimes if there's a big melee phase, both players are rolling dice. It gives you a rough idea yeah. now, of what's going on. Now, are the battle points going to be used for the rankings for the entire tournament? So it's still win, loss, draw, trumps everything else. Okay. So a win is still 1,000 tournament points. A draw is 500 tournament points. A loss is zero. Mm -hmm. And then within your uh, rank, Right. Then your win-loss draw record, you're stratified based on your battle points. Okay, so it, even if you are getting trounced and it's like turn three and normally, like me, you'd be like, I'm going to quit. <laughs> it's actually incentivizes you to keep playing because it'll actually make you higher up in your bracket. So even if you go one and four, if you stick it out, unlike all the other one and four players, you'll be higher you'll be, up in ranks. You'll be the best of the one and fours. Right. Yep. And you, then that's that plays into like the best of awards. So like yeah. you could be the best uh, turned player by sticking it out and playing through all your games because gotcha. you're getting more battle points throughout. Yep. So. You keep every point you earn. Yep. Like every single point you get in every single game matters for your final rank. So the idea is, again, if someone makes the choice to concede, we do have rules in place. Mm -hmm. If you concede, you get a zero. Um, and we don't do that to be mean. I know, like, I've been there. I've conceded before, too. Yep. But it's because of the way the math works with the tournament system, it's important that people try to finish their games. Mm -hmm. So if you do choose to concede, you get a zero. You don't keep any of your points. Mm -hmm. But if you just stick it out, play, um, you'll keep all your points. It's better for both. It's better for everyone at the event. Uh, and, again, we're calling these the champions' missions because that, that is what these are for. These are for right. competitive tournament play. Right. Um, and we want we really want people to try and finish their games. And yep. this just goes into the whole thing with the painting requirements now, modeling requirements. It's really bringing a better experience for the attendee of the event because yeah. we've all been there where you just wanted to throw the game. That's not really fair to your opponent who maybe flew a couple hundred miles, a couple thousand miles to be there. Yeah. Um, you know. It's and it's not fair to everybody else. Because right. It's when not you can fun see when he... somebody concedes. You have to sit there for two hours and you yeah. go to your friend's table like, hey, how's it going? I guess I'll sit here. You know, it's not fun. And so this just ties into the whole experience of the majority of the gamers, yeah. yeah. which is what we care about. But see, before conceding, it was like, if you were going to get a zero on your score anyway, you were going to get a zero on your score anyway. Right. But now there's a reason to keep. It's in your best interest to keep playing. And it's yeah. almost impossible to get a zero in these missions. So Unless you give up. I like because yeah. well, you get a point every turn for holding any objectives on anywhere yeah. on the table or killing a unit or so killing it's like a... very easy to do and it's just like all right man you have to like tr you have to try yeah there to should be a special award if someone for anybody to... who gets zero but then doesn't throw the game it's the boss dude <laughs> we'll give you like the we'll give you a hard-boiled egg you win the tournament 
a goose egg. Because it's harder for that than to actually win the tournament. We should go buy a goose egg and cook it and be like, here you go. You just make all the worst decisions. Like, all right, I'm going to shoot this at the tank. Like, I'm going to move, move off this objective. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, what it would come down to at the yeah, end. People tactical withdrawal. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, uh, we want, like, we're kind of emphasizing some of the things that don't happen very often. But we just want to make sure we, we clarify this for everybody. The missions so far have been really well received. We think they're a lot of fun. Um, they are somewhat similar to one another, and that, that's totally on purpose because we want uh, we wanted to retain a balance. Like when you have really different missions, like the Relic, it just, it just does not work in tournament play. It's wildly different than the other ones, but it is also almost entirely dependent on who wins the role to go first. It just doesn't work for tournament play. Um, and so these missions are a little bit similar from each other. The variation comes in the number and placement of objectives and some of the fine details on how to actually score the objectives. So there's some little variations there that will cause the play experience to be different. But every mission has random deployment. So it's going to be a different experience every single time you play. Right? It's not like, oh, ha hammer and anvil is always the relic or, you know, or whatever. Like You roll for it at the table and that's the deployment that you get. So it's going to cause people to... You're not going to be able to list tailor as much, we think, to the missions. Maybe maybe you will be able to with some of your unit size choices and stuff like that. But um, it should create a tactically diverse environment. Hopefully, it uh, will be a lot of fun. And it will give you the ability to choose your own mission in order to overcome your opponent's army. Yeah, That's the idea. And a big thanks to everybody who helped. Um, we borrowed ideas from the guys from Adepticon, Nova, uh, obviously Games Workshop, Renegade Open guys our own missions. Uh, we took some ideas from Malifo. Uh, thank you to everybody who provided feedback and for all of you who are going to do so going forward because we can help fine tune these and make them, make them really good. Yep. Uh, and again, uh, we'll jump over into the Twitch chat, see if anybody has any questions about those that we can answer in advance because uh, they are quite a bit different. Uh, Don the Magnificent, how do you score a buy? Um, that's a good question. I don't have the answer off the top of my head. Uh, I will get that uh, to you today. Um, zero points. Well, buy a buy is zero. A son, sorry. Luck of the draw. The thing is, like, if you're if you're playing a competitive event, a buy should be the person with the lowest score, right? Like, you shouldn't get a buy if you're even remotely in the hunt to win the event. So, if it's a three round event, though, it can really a buy can really screw things up. Right. Uh, my my joking answer would be have a ringer. Yeah. If you don't have a ringer and you need the person to play. Uh, if it's the person that's in last place who should be getting the buy, um, the way you score it is not super significant because yeah. obviously they're not in the hunt. But in a, the smaller the event, the more impact it has, and we'll come out with some uh, guidelines for that. Uh, Nightman78, do you get max points if you table your opponent? Uh, negative. You get... Uh, we had discussed this last night. Uh, yeah. So do, do you want me to field it? Or? Yeah, you can go for it. So the way, the way it works if you table your opponent or if your opponent concedes, it's the same for you, for the person that is winning. So uh, why are we so smart, Apocalypse? Oh, well, I Thanks, don't know. Man. Remember, we love those compliments. <laughs> and Shallow. You know True. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw that vapid, vapid and, and unsincere mm -hmm. compliments. That's what we like. I think it's because I got my, my butt whipped so much <laughs> back in the country, <laughs> country grammar school. Like you know, it. in, in uh, Chinese culture, uh, they have an expression that uh, it's like your teacher beat you so well that's why you're smart. It's something like that. I read it in a book. I was like, ah, oh, that's an interesting approach to, right. to it. There um, I am. Thank you very much for subscribing. Uh, so, Nightman, the way it works, uh, let's say you table your opponent on turn three. Just 
I'm just making, I'm pulling something out of the air. Right. So you and your opponent would keep all the points you'd earned up until that point in time. So if your opponent had, I don't know, I'm just making something up, 15 points on turn three, he keeps his 15 points. And let's say you had 20 points on turn three. You keep your 20. And then you score four points per turn left in the game for the primary. Uh, not five, because scoring the bonus point is really difficult. And we assume you're not going to be able to do it because you typically cannot. Um, so you get four points for every round remaining on the primary. And then you score as many secondary points as it would be theoretically possible to get. Now, if you chose anything that was kill your opponent's stuff, you've obviously already got those points because you tabled them. Yeah. Anything that has to do with board control, um, if it's round by round scoring, you would get that point for each round thereafter. Like recon is one of the secondary missions. Let's say on turn th at the end of turn three, you had scored no recon points. Um, assuming you have four units left in your army when you table them, we'll assume you'll get recon for the next three turns. Yeah. Or let's say you chose behind enemy lines, which is like line breaker. You get one point for each unit. And let's say you have three units left total in your army and you table your opponent. Well, you could have gotten three line breaker points. We assume that you do. Yeah, Nightman uh, 78. Yeah, uh, you don't get max points, but you actually get more points per turn than actually possible because every turn you're not actually going to be able to kill a unit and you're not going to be able to kill more than your opponent. Yep. Um, so missing that last bonus point is actually, you're getting more points than were even possible anyway. So, so in Nightman, you guys played these missions in a tournament? How, when, like when? Like on Monday? No, I think you played a different one. Got it. Yeah, I think it was last, uh, last week, I think. Yeah. Well, these missions weren't out. No, no, I think he's talking about a different mission. Oh, it was Got a last it. tournament, and it was Got probably it. missions that were created by the TO. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So, yeah, in our in our format, you, it's, you're not disincentivized from tabling someone. Like, I'm sure there is a conceivable scenario, maybe on turn six, where, like, table or five or something, where maybe, maybe, maybe tabling your opponent would cause you to lose the game. I, I just, it like, we've run the numbers, and I, I can't conceive of a situation. Like, we... I think we brainstormed a, a situation with an all-night army where it was actually possible to table the night player but lose on the mission. But it's like... It's, and it doesn't happen until, like, turn five. So, yeah. like, if, if you're losing up until that point, then the night player was outplaying you to the mission. So And they actually outplayed you. But yeah. it's like, the odds of that occur... Like, I, like I struggle to imagine uh, a scenario where that actually happens. Because if you're tabling your opponent, you're probably winning the mission anyway. You're probably ahead of them on points anyway. It doesn't matter. So you you get more points, like Frankie was saying. You'll get more points if you table your opponent than if you would have probably played the game out. Uh, the uh, way we the way we found it is that you end up with a higher score than you would have otherwise. Kynia, um, yeah. So in your example, he's saying, "What if I have a unit that moves too slow to get one of my secondaries, but I table my opponent?" It doesn't matter. You get all the primary or all the secondaries that would be possible. Right. So even if your guy only moves two inches, but he has to go forty eight inches, you would still get the points. Yep. Um, so it is it is still beneficial to table. Like uh, you get more points possible than actually then would you, be if you're leaving a single model yeah. alive. Because like Frankie is saying, like, <laughs> let's say like oh, it's turn three and you're going to table your opponent and he has one unit left. And you're like, oh, crap, I don't want to table him because I might not get as many points. Well, if you look at the way that the scoring structure works, to get full points on the primary mission track, you not only have to destroy more enemy unit, uh, destroy one enemy unit, you have to destroy more than your opponent. Well, if they only have one unit left, like you can't destroy more than them except for that last unit. And then the other rounds of play, you wouldn't be able to get the bonus points. Yeah, so you get more points yeah. by killing that last model 
uh, for the next turns than were even possible. So yeah, I, people, I know, I know if gamers the way we are, we like to break systems. It's just the way our brains work. And we're looking at these possible scenarios. It's going to be so rare. Yeah, like really and truly, the only scenario we could think of is if you only have like four models, so like four knights. That's like the only scenario where you could get tabled and really win on turn five. Nice. Like it, there's, there might be some other kind of possibility, but it's like going to be so rare. Like the stars have to align. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it is conceivable, <laughs> but it's It's like you would have to be scoring zero points every turn, which is like almost impossible to do. Because yeah. like a knight army is actually going to be good in these formats. Um, maybe. Kind of. We'll see. They, they have some strengths. But if you're if the knight player is killing more stuff than you, he's going to be maxing that score, which is pretty conceivable. And they should be able to get one objective per turn. But you should – a knight army should be losing on objectives. Like you should be winning on the objective-based um, right. missions. Because if you have even one model left, you're blocking a knight from scoring an objective. And if it's obsec, you take it. Yeah. Uh, Sosin Carlson is saying, so if it's feasible, I'm going to be tabled by turn six. Is it better for me to get tabled earlier? No, because uh, you actually are still scoring points every turn. So you're still going to want to hold those objectives. You're still going to want to be killing a unit. You're going to still want to be trying to get your secondary. So uh, no, it's actually, it's not beneficial for the guy that's getting tabled, but you still get to keep all the points that you got up until that point. Yeah. So there's not like a huge negative for getting tabled uh, where there is for end game objectives where you get zero points and you can't do anything. So. Yeah, you want to hang in there at every turn possible to keep getting points. Yeah. So the incentive is to finish the game, to go the distance, and to not give up. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to happen, of course. Uh, it's the nature of the game. But we're trying, instead of trying to like force people to do things, we're just trying to provide incentives that will make both players want to finish the game. That That's the idea. Um, yeah. So we'll see how it works in uh, reality when we get to the SoCal Open. So we have a wow, a lot of events this weekend. Look at the dates. There's just a few. That's all this weekend. They're also September uh, the wrong date. September 16th. It is October. Mm. Mm. So hopefully all these events were a lot of fun. <laughs> hope you guys had a good yeah, I hope time. hope you guys have a good time this weekend coming up at the <laughs> Iron Halo GT Pro. So yeah, um, I will replace that with October's events. And uh, Age of Sigmar, there were a couple events that weekend. I'm sure well. they're all in Los Angeles. Mm. Right. Is this the right uh, 40k? <laughs> this has to be. The Age of Sigmar ones are definitely going to be. Uh, so that was um, that was pretty good on my part. Oh, you know, it's funny too. Like, can you cast that bug? Yeah, no, that was on me. No. Um, <laughs> Sorry, you can always try. No, it was my fault. I, I went to September instead of October. I apologize. I'll change it on the show notes. But of course, you can just go to the calendar yourself on the ITC tab and see yes. what's going on. Um, 40k ITC rankings. Now it's funny. We've been putting up uh, YouTube videos, which Mariano has been doing a great job on editing, and uh, they've been a lot of fun, really good videos. Check it out on YouTube. We have one that we just filmed. It's uh, Militarum Tempestus Army with the new rules versus uh, Yanari playing the new missions, so you can see them in action. And of course, that will be available on our YouTube channel, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, this coming Monday, uh, the 16th, if I remember correctly. But um, uh, it's funny because on the YouTube uh, comments, everyone's like, Ash Militarum are broken. They're the most powerful army in the game. Blah blah. And I'm like, no, you guys like like objectively, chaos is doing better. Like, mm -hmm. like go go look. All the data is up there. Like, it's like oh, but I see only Ash Militarum winning. And I'm like, well, the codex has barely been out, so it's that's pretty tough. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, go look. Chaos is the highest performing. At least you know, let me qualify that statement. In the ITC, chaos players are scoring the highest, and currently the leader, Nick Donavati, is a chaos player. Now Andrew Gagno is an Ash Militarum player, and he's second. But 
if you go look at the numbers, Chaos is the strongest performing army in the game right now. Yep. Take yeah. that for what I it's mean, worth. Guard is the new hotness, right? Yeah. You know, people are, it's going to take time to adapt and get used to what you're playing against and stuff like that. And guard players will probably be catching people off guard for a little while. And they, they are damn good. Yeah, they like, are extremely good. We're ex- not downplaying it. Top, they're one of the top armies in the game. And, then, and I, I think that they that army's got enough endurance that it will continue to be a top army through the addition. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think Chaos will too. Chaos is so powerful. Just you don't even have to. You could just play Chaos Space Marines mm-hmm. and just rock people. They have they have the best stratagems in the game. Oh yeah, their stratagems are amazing. Amazing, like amazing. To be honest, like really looking through the guard stratagems, they're really not that special. The guard stratagems are not that. Great. Take mm-hmm. covers is an all star. Oh yeah, that one's really good. But for the most part, there's really not like. Eh, they're okay. I mean, Space Marines have way better stratagems. Oh yeah. Chaos has like ridiculous stratagems. Uh, in Astral Militarium, it's like, eh, take cover's great. Yeah. You'll use that one all the time. You combine um, units, which is combine units, cool. You crush them if you're using a Baneblade, is great. Yeah. Um, uh, Vengeance for Cadia, if you're playing a Chaos Army, is just ridiculous. Uh, the Grenadiers one, sometimes. Yeah. But, it's, eh. but in comparison to the other codexes, yeah. is what I was meaning, is the other stratagems are, like, really powerful. You're like, wow. Yeah, the strength of Astral Militarium like, is, their, is their units. Yeah. Their units are damn good, and their regimental doctrines are freaking awesome oh yeah whereas like space marines i feel like have like the coolest widest breadth of useful stratagems like every stratagem in the in the space marine book is good oh yeah so for like the thinking man i feel like the, the space marines provide such a tremendous fun army where you're like constantly getting creative with your tactics and coming up with ways to do things uh whereas chaos and i feel very characterfully it's raw power it's like i'm gonna combine this and i'm gonna smash you in the head with it Oh, yeah. I mean, Chaos is just out to help themselves anyways. Yeah. They're not team players. They're not. But, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, Ash Militarum obviously is going to be a very competitive army. Yep. Uh, they are not the uh, harbinger of the apocalypse. It's not the end of the world. Trust me. And it's funny, too, because they're like, what are you guys trying to prove? You put the best army in the game versus the worst army in the game. And I'm like, what? When was this? I'm like, all right, Ash Militarum are not the best army in the game, measurably. And Sisters of Battle are not the worst army in the game, either, measurably. <laughs> I don't know, what is what are people coming up with this stuff? Well, people think sisters are bad. Like, well, it's just it annoys me when people present an opinion as a fact, and I know everybody does it from time to time. But I'm like, qualify your statement, or at least say, in my opinion, that's the best versus the worst. But yeah, whatever. Uh, anyway, your current 40k top 10, Nick Nonavati in first place, followed very closely, only four points behind Andrew Gagno who uh, also did very well at Battle for Salvation. Yep. And Carlos Kaiser won that event. Congratulations, Carlos. Nice. Yeah, that was uh, Andrew's only loss. Wow. Well done, Carlos. Sam Hinley is currently in third. Ian Andrew in fourth. Adrian Gennard, a Sisters of Battle player, is in fifth. Paul McKelvey, a Tau player, in sixth. Aaron Along in seventh. Brandon Grant in eighth, ninth. Tyler DeVry playing a, a really cool Space Marine, I'm sorry, Grey Knight uh, and uh, Guard Army. Yep. And Andrew Ford in tenth. Age of Sigmar rankings are current top 10. Sam Valdez continues his reign of terror, mm-hmm. followed by Vlad Mika and Zach Lopez in third. James Thomas in fourth. Joe Creer jumped in the fifth. Jared Zizueta in sixth. Michael Birch in seventh. Josh Harvey in eighth. Tyler Hamill in ninth. And David Rogers. <laughs> the robot David Rogers. Oh, okay. We really need to get some more GTs with Age of Sigmar going. Yeah, it's been four out of five. Well, for it's the, just, entire year. the 40k juggernaut is just yeah. rolling right now. It's, yeah. I think it's just going to take a little time. Yeah, I hope so. You know what I mean? Like, Age of Sigmar is kind of plateaued, in my opinion, from everything I've seen. 
like it's not shrinking, it's not growing, it's just kind of like staying even keel right now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just a matter of time for the newness of ATED 40K to wear down a little bit, mm -hmm. and then you'll see Age of Sigmar start to uptick again. Yeah. yeah, and I think once they release some new cool things for Age of Sigmar, I think it'll really pump it up. Key 53 or 533, is there a way to see the list from the tournament? Well, my goodness, I'm glad you asked. Weird. There's this thing called Best Coast Pairings. It is a app that helps you run tournaments, but it also has a list database. For hosted events, you can see the list for free for a couple of days after the event. For a very, very reasonable subscription to help support those guys writing that software, it's like five bucks a month. Yeah. Um, you get access to the full list database. You can see every winning list for every faction, for every event that has uploaded lists into BCP. It's pretty incredible. Uh, we definitely recommend you guys support them. They work their butts off yeah. uh, to make that app and they need to make money or eventually they're not gonna keep doing it. Yeah, and there's all sorts of other things you get with their subscription and they're always adding things to mm -hmm. that as well, so. Tag 8833. Oh, he's not a question, it's a statement. Yeah. Um, uh, let me see, Sosin Carlson. If other Imperium stratagems are that much better, you can always ally in a small detachment of that army into your Asher Militarum army and use your brigade CP. Yeah, some people do that. They use Asher Militarum to farm up CPs and then they they use the command points for other stuff. Yep. Uh, Chaos does that a lot. They use Renegades to farm up CPs to use for their Chaos Space Marines that do the killing. Yeah. yeah. It's totally valid strategy. But the thing was Asher Militarum, if you build a brigade, that's most your army. Mm -hmm. You could do it bare bones, but then what are you gonna do with all these crappy units? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like The thing I, about the chaos units that you use, they're all like really good. good. Yeah. 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 And that's the thing, like with Ash Militarum, like I'm trying a brigade for my next competitive list. It's my whole army, right? But it's like, it's good. And it's like, if you're going to play a brigade, like my Space Marine army is a brigade too. Like just go all in, just play the damn brigade, play that army. Mm -hmm. um, Gus, have you considered covering X-Wing? You know what? I respect the game. I know it's a super popular game. I don't actually enjoy the game that much. Perhaps, I've only played it like a handful of times, but I know you feel the same way. Yeah. yeah, I mean, supposedly once you introduce the cards and stuff like that, it gets like a lot deeper. Mm -hmm. But um, for the most part, I wasn't a big fan. Uh, but I don't know how people much... People love it. I'm not sure what the media yeah. response would be in terms of like people actually tuning in. Right? Yeah, that, that's the thing is everybody's yeah. like, oh, are you guys going to cover this game? Are you going to cover that game? Yeah. And I'm like, we have a limited time resource. Yeah. We can make one video about a report a week. Yeah. Yep. And what... 90% of the people out there want to see is 40K right now. Mm -hmm. So if we're not doing that, we're not using our time as efficiently as we could. Uh, make sure to tune in, guys, tonight, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, to watch Brandon paint up a plague crawler. Yep. Justin Kimple, my brigade is only 500 points, but it's probably just throwaway junk, right? Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's 500 points of stuff that hard. I guess can grab objectives. They get objectives, yeah, and yeah, I mean, objectives you have, secured, like, right? You have six naked. Infantry squads, I guess it's not too bad with first rank fire, second rank fire, you probably got a couple mortar teams. Maybe you've got some platoon commanders and some company commanders. What's your fast attack? And it's just like, I mean, you can take scout sentinels, which are pretty good. But if you if the rest of your points are in like Grey Knights or something that are super expensive and hard to get those um, command points for. Yeah. I mean, it's good, right? You're getting those extra command points. Yeah. Um, but I'm not saying it's, it's bad, just... but it's like, why not throw another two, 300 points in there? To make those units good. I wish I had 500 points I could just spend to get command points. That would be great. Yeah, just I mean, buy command points. Just all my lists yeah. are like, no, I'm not sacrificing 500 points just to get more command points. You should say 100 points uh, per command point. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're, yeah, well, you're taking, you're doing a soup brigade. Uh -huh. well, yeah, okay, well, I, I 
There's nothing wrong with that. I don't. Oh, it's like, not even astral terror. I don't like playing the game that way when it's just a random collection of just like random stuff. There's nothing wrong with it. Please don't take that as a put down. It's not. Um, it's very Magic the Gathering. Way yeah, it's, it's, for me, it's just not. Where you're building. It's, it's, it's a deck building yeah. part at that point, which is uh, fine. It's just it kind of ruins the aesthetic for some people. For some people, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with it, especially in tournament play. You're using Pablo loves to do that. Yeah, but Pablo's also a big Magic the Gathering player, so yeah. it's in his blood to build a deck essentially yeah. of the best things some people approach it and it's yeah. not about creating an army it's about it's more math mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that it's just i personally don't have fun when i play that way i don't yeah. feel like i've created created something out of my imagination that's like an army that i i feel emotionally involved yeah. with i mean we tend to play like pretty thematic lists of Usually. like I, yeah. mono faction so i just i think the game's more fun that way yeah personally like i i if someone has like a different unit from every different Imperial faction in one brigade, I'm like, I'll play you and I'll have fun, but it's not nearly as fun as if I'm playing like your sisters that are painted and themed. And it's like, oh, this now I'm immersed into this experience. And it's competitive, it's artistic, it's a total hobby experience. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, anyway, uh, that was the show for today. We hope you guys enjoyed it very much. Please, please, please get your tickets for the SoCal Open. And if you want to pick up any of those new Death Guard, including that sassy Nurgling. Mm. That Nurgling is amazing. That is seriously Very so sexual. I was like, why are so many people Ooh. buying this model? And uh, that's the reason Just right that. there. That cool. is him. He is... He is dashing. He is amazing. <laughs> oh, this weekend we are also going to be um, building train. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please come by and please help. help. Please. If you're in the Southern California area. Please come by and help. Yeah, we really appreciate everybody Mom, that's already come out helped us. Might be here. Um, and we will buy you guys food and we will provide uh, beverages and bad jokes. Probably Mainly bad jokes. Probably some burping and the farting. <laughs> some body odors. Mm, lots of that. And uh, anyway, guys, thank you so much. And we hope you enjoy the new missions. Please give us feedback. Go to the blog post over at frontlinegaming.org. Leave us your feedback. Like, if anything doesn't make sense or whatever, you know what I mean? If you played it and you broke it somehow, let us know and we'll, we'll fix it. And uh, we hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you for joining us for the show and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.